praise the name of the Lord and I want to thank the Lord that you have again connected in and you are able to listen to me once again. I want to welcome you unto this wonderful teaching which is called Freedom Streams Program. The Freedom Streams Program will bring you several various teachings in kind of episodes and even in series. And also we have wonderful devotions and um, other short teachings within these programs. And I trust you, God that whenever you are connected in to listen, the Spirit of God is blessing you and uh, also blessing me because it graces me to come to you to minister the word of life, the word of light, the word of grace, the word of truth. Yes, I, I am Pastor Dennis Matov Ode from Freedom. Uh, Freedom Experience Ministry that is in Kampala, Uganda. We do love the Lord. We are uh, we are so much uh, desirous to see that we speak the word. We dispense Christ globally. We minister to the body of Christ, building it with the Christ as that divine element. So even today, I want to take you to our continuation in this long teaching series that is about God's New Testament learn how to experience it, how to understand it, how to get to know about what God is planning, what is in the mind of God and even to be able to show you what is the main and crucial point in the entire New Testament and what is the purpose and desire of God. But before even we go in the details, we needed to first know the kind of God that is dispensing, that is ministering himself to us. As of now, we know that the Lord has been dispensed into all those that have believed. They are one with the Lord. The Bible says that he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit. Now, when we are one spirit, when the Lord's spirit is mingled with our spirits, then that means that Something has begun and something is working out and the Lord is uh, like is continuing the work of saturating, feeling, permeating us that we may become and even partake of his divine nature. But all this is also for a reason. So with, with, with such reasons and such points in the New Testament, we need to have teachings like these ones. We have been talking about God's person, God's nature, God's attributes, and we have been um, going on and on. We last time talked about some of other attributes of God, whereby we saw, we talked about God's God is, uh, uh, simplicity, we talked about God's faithfulness, God's truthfulness, God's sincerity, goodness, mercy, so today, and even before we had others, because there are several, talked about God's compassion. So, allow me to continue with what we call grace. Now, when we come to another attribute of God, which is grace, we need to talk about something uh, concerning the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 7, that he might display in the ages which are coming the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. 
So when you continue with 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10 remember Paul testifies and says that but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace unto me was not in vain but I labored more abundantly than all of them yet not I but the grace of God with me So With these scriptures we have started with we see that the grace of God is a matter of tremendous significance. It is important for us to find out a genuine and proper meaning of the grace of God even in the New Testament. If we would understand what the grace of God is as revealed in the New Testament then we need a clear view of the New Testament as as a whole. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. So see before uh, in the early years of my my salvation when I was young I was told that grace means that we do nothing and that God does everything for us it sounded good and according to this teaching anything we do is work not grace but whatever God does for us is grace but you see that however according to the new testament grace is actually what God is us our enjoyment when i take you back in these verses uh, that that are in the book of john chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 the bible says that and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace for the law was given by moses but grace and truth came by jesus christ also when we read second corinthians chapter 12 verses 9 Jesus replies to uh, Paul and says unto uh, him my grace is sufficient for you my strength is made perfect in weakness is the name of the lord so grace is actually god it is actually god in christ dispensed into our being for our enjoyment and our experience Grace is mainly not the work God does for us because that will not make us to enjoy and experience God the 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 author of this grace. Grace is the triune God himself dispensed into our being and experienced as our enjoyment. Remember when God enters into us he becomes number one life then he becomes life supply and whenever he is supplying us from the life from his from himself as life we are seeing grace in a multifarious way praise the name of jesus in multifarious ways in brief grace is the triune god experienced and enjoyed by us now as grace is simply god enjoyed god experienced meet our needs the new testament reveals that grace is nothing less than god in christ dispensed into our being for our enjoyment this is something that is further than the outward understanding of grace john 1:17 says that grace came grace came grace came through jesus christ so it cannot be something because this is now a person that is able even to come This indicates that grace is somewhat like a person. See, the personification of grace is God himself. Paul realized this when he said, "Not I, 
but the grace of God with me. And he said in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, chapter 10, he says, I have labored by the grace, not I, but he says that not I, but by the grace of God. In other, in other words, it means that the grace of God has been inside me laboring. It has not been me. This grace is able even to work out something within the believer. So for Paul, grace was a living person. In Paul, uh, we see that in Paul, uh, this person became the very grace by which he labored. Therefore, grace is God himself. It is what God is to us for our experience, for our enjoyment. And when God is enjoyed by us, that is grace. Grace is the very God his son Jesus Christ to be our portion so that we may enjoy all he is. Praise the name of the Lord. Now this makes grace meaningful. We need to emphasize the fact that grace is God as our enjoyment. Not until we see grace as a, a person that is personification of God, we will enjoy and receive little from, from grace. When God becomes our portion us to enjoy that is God that is grace remember he says that the Lord is the portion of our inheritance he maintains our Lord the lines are falling out to us in pleasant places we have a goodly heritage but he first becomes our portion that is what grace does in order for us to begin to enjoy and inherit so don't consider grace as something less than God grace is none nothing less than the triune God enjoyed by us in a practical and living way as our portion. Hallelujah. So concerning this we see that uh, the, the, uh, this is the definition of grace. Grace in its highest definition live along the lower and superficial definition. Grace in its highest definition is God in the Son, Jesus Christ, to be our uh, enjoyment, to be enjoyed by us. It is not only something done or given, but God himself, a portion that is glorious. Glory to God. So grace is God, not in doctrine. Because when you take grace to be a doctrine, you even define and say grace is unmerited favor. But favor is just a small thing and a small part. God is still other things that are grace to you. So grace is not in doctrine, but grace is in our experience. For grace is God in Christ with all he is for our enjoyment. It's not only favor, unmerited favor. No, this includes a life, strength, comfort, rest, light, righteousness, holiness, power, and even other divine attributes as even we have mentioned them. So when we enjoy God and participate in him, that is grace. He's going to meet all our needs according to our uh, needs and according to what we need that particular time. If he comes to you as mercy, that is grace. If he comes to you as compassion, that is grace. If he comes to you as a, a righteousness, that is grace. If he comes to you as comfort or strength or life, or power, or holiness, you see, or provision, that is still God enjoyed by you as grace. So we cannot 
single grace to be unmerited favor that shouldn't be and we don't even define that way in our ministry praise the name of Jesus so when we enjoy God and participate in him that is grace hallelujah so so far now we have uh, seen the proper definition of grace we have pointed out that in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 7 all indicates that God will display in the ages which are coming the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And here to display uh, the riches of God's grace is to is to exhibit them to the whole universe, to show them, to display them in the whole universe. Riches of God's grace surpasses every limit for they are the riches of God himself for our enjoyment. And the riches of God's grace will be publicly displayed for eternity. You need to begin to see grace publicly displayed in every area and in every way and in every place for us to enjoy God. So, when you come to Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8, you see that Paul goes on to say, uh, let me read also verses 8 of Ephesians. Ephesians 2.8, Paul goes on to say that, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, to, uh, it is the gift of God. He says we are saved by grace. In Ephesians, grace denotes God dispensed, God distributed into us. And therefore, to be saved by grace means to be saved by God being dispensed into us in Christ. That's when we say, I am saved. God has entered into me. So most Christians, however, they regard grace as a thing, not a person. And they are missing a lot. Them, grace is merely a gift freely given. Grace is a gift that God gave me. Meaning that grace came to, was given to you and God remained in the heavens. According to this concept of grace, we are we were sinners did not deserve God's salvation but God saved us freely by giving us unmerited favor his unmerited favor you see you are going to miss a lot and this however is a superficial understanding of what it means to be saved by grace hallelujah so Ephesians reveals that saving grace is God himself in Christ rolled into our beings. Therefore, to be saved by grace actually means to be saved by the dispensing of the triune God into us. I hope so far by now you know uh, the proper spiritual living definition of grace. Hallelujah. So according to Ephesians, Salvation is the transmission of God into us as grace. This is what salvation is all about. God transmits himself into us as grace. And it becomes, number one, our life. And number two, our life supply. Begins to supply all things according to our needs. It becomes every other aspect, every other attribute that we have seen that God is. It was not a simple matter for God to be transmitted into us as grace. This is why 
it was necessary for him to be processed through incarnation. This is a long process. He went through incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, you see, so that he enters us as grace. And by being processed in this way, is now able to transmit himself into us because he is now a Lord Spirit, able to enter our spirit. When the processed God, when the processed God is transmitted into us, it becomes saving grace to us in our experience. Even right now, he is a saving grace to you. As you are going through your day, he is a saving grace. He saved you, but he's also the saving grace for you to enjoy and experience daily. He daily saves us, even from ourselves. And this is grace. This grace is not only amazing grace, it is also abounding grace. Because the amazing grace delivered you from your wrecked uh, position. You were far away from him. The amazing grace came for you, but it supposed to remain as the abounding grace. Grace is the processed God transmitted into our being to abound and to keep on flowing and ministering to us as a living person. Praise the name of the Lord. You need to come to such a revelation uh, concerning grace. Now, when you read the book of Ephesians, chapter 1 and even chapter 2, and you you pray with that those two chapters you see that god processed and transmitted into our being is the saving grace and the abounding grace in chapter 2 we see uh, the church in its um, highest uh, place and position then in chapter 2 we see the condition of the church of the people of the church before grace came for them before grace came to them but the saving grace became their abounding grace and the same grace lifted them up to a higher level and in the highest realms in the heavens. So we have been saved by the transmission of this processed God. We don't have a raw God that is in heaven. We have a processed God that is one with us in our spirit as life and even as a life supply to be grace to us. And in this and in his kindness towards us, toward us in Christ Jesus, God has saved us by his grace. Hallelujah for that. So, then what does it mean in the ages to come? In the ages to come, it means in the millennium and eternity God. We see that in the millennium and in, in eternity, um, God will display this grace publicly to the whole universe. Because that will be the climax, the consummation. When we come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 10, you will see that Paul speaks three, uh, three times concerning grace. In this verse 10, I want us to read it again. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 10, it says that, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Then he says, And this grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. And he says, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I. Then he says, but the grace of God which was with me. In other words, grace was with him and even inside him laboring. In that he says, even though you saw me laboring more abundantly, it was not me. It was the grace of God. 
praise the name of Jesus. So he realized that someone was inside him taking out and carrying out the labeling. And we see that they are mentioning grace three times. Twice he speaks of the grace of God and then once he speaks of his grace. Now in this verse, grace is the triune God becoming life and everything to us which is life supply. It was by this grace that even Saul, this soul of Tarsus, the foremost of sinners, he mentions in 1 Timothy 1, 15 to 16, that he was one of the worst sinners, but the grace of God received him and then he used him. He says that this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He says, how be it? For this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Oh, this was a foremost of sinners became the foremost apostle, laboring more abundantly than all the apostles. That's why he says, this is not me, this is grace. So, First Peter comes in to tell us in chapter 4, verses 10, speaking of the uh, varied grace of God. When you read First Peter, it mentions, uh, Peter is trying to show us that there are several graces that within us and says that as every man has received the grace, the gift even so minister the same one to another as God as good stewards of the manifold grace of God so here Peter has got a revelation that all believers have received a gift and this gift he says that use it to minister the same one to another, minister to each other by the gifts you have received he says, in that way, you are going to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Meaning that in each, each particular individual, there is a manifold grace. There is a facet of grace. There is an, a, 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 you see, there is a kind of grace that is working and operating into each one of us as believers. So we should minister the same grace to one another. You have a grace, I have a grace. Minister the same. And as we are ministering the same grace to one another, then we shall see this manifold grace of God and it shall be our experience and enjoyment. Praise the name of Jesus. And this is what church life is all about. To display and even to express the graces that each one of us as believers have received. Praise the name of Jesus. So, we see that each one, according as he has received a gift, must minister it amongst ourselves as good stewards of these various grace of God. Now, when we talk about the varied grace of God, all the manifold grace of God, is the rich supply. This is a rich supply of life, which is this trying God ministered to us in many aspects cannot minister to you with all what God is by myself. That's why I need my brother. That's why we need to be a church because 
God will express himself differently through me. He will express differently through the other sister. And as we are in that fellowship and in ministry, serving one another, God will be busy ministering to us in many aspects. This is grace. And as good stewards, as good stewards, by the gift we have received, we should minister. That's why we encourage believers to learn to serve God. Because there is a grace that you have received. So become a good steward of God. Begin to minister the same grace that you have to others. So we have a grace and we, we have received it. It is within us operating. It operated in Paul. He was able to even write much of the, the New Testament. We should also minister to the church. And we should also minister to the saints with such a grace. Not merely doctrine. This is not doctrine. Hallelujah. So the Bible says in First Peter chapter 5 verses 10 it says, But the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that you have suffered a while make you perfect, establish, strengthen you he says, strengthen and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It says, God is a God of all grace. You cannot consume and finish all his grace. So if the Bible says in 1 Peter 5.10 that God is a God of all grace, you cannot say that grace is favor because favor is not all the grace of God. So in this verse we are seeing the word all grace which refers to the riches of the bountiful supply of the divine life in many aspects ministered to us in the many steps of the divine operation in God's economy in God's plan praise the name of Jesus in other words there is what we call the bountiful supply this life has got many aspects and this divine life is supposed to minister these aspects even in many steps and this is the operation of God in his New Testament plan. Praise the name of Jesus. So that's why we say that the term the God of all grace the God of all grace is so unique. It is found in the New Testament only in First Peter chapter 5 verse 10 the God of all grace. Hallelujah. And Peter did not not say uh, does not say that uh, does not say merely that God is the God of grace. He says the God of all grace, all grace, meaning that there is a bountiful supply. There is there are riches. Hallelujah. So, as we believers, we should be encouraged by the fact that our God is the God of all grace. I don't know what you need today and what you are believing God for but even as I'm whining today I want you to know that God is a God of all grace he is able to meet all your needs because he's the God of all grace grace has got mouth manifold 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 aspects and as believers we should be encouraged by this this divine grace is an outstanding attribute our God. He has favored us with the same outstanding attribute of grace. He has favored it with us 
in Jesus Christ. So when, once you receive Jesus Christ, just know that every other thing you ever need in life has come with Jesus Christ because the Bible says that grace came with Jesus Christ. Meaning that the manifold riches, the bountiful supply, everything that God is, the God of all grace, came with Jesus Christ. So this makes grace to be a living person. I want to stop here. I want you and I request you to keep on listening. You are going to be blessed. The spirit is so awesome. It's going to lead you into all truth and to guide you into all truth until we have same faith and agree upon this. May the Lord bless you. I'll come back even in the next episode. This has been episode 39 and that means that if you have not yet listened to others, you need to go back get them from our platforms but more so I encourage you to download Freedom Experience app it is going to bless you because it has a lot of uh, things that we are doing in the nation of Uganda. God bless you I am Pastor Dennis Matov